People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello, welcome to Bizarre Tales. This week we actually have uh, an episode that's been written for us by uh, a listener. So this listener has uh, covered a place called Cape Fear in North Carolina, um, or Wilmington, North Carolina, which weirdly enough I believe is uh, the place where one of my friends moved to um, for his failed business in America. I'm sure it was Wilmington, North Carolina. I'm going to double check that and I'll get back to you, but I'm sure it is. Um, he actually went to school there for a for a little bit. But anyway, digressing a little bit. So Hilton, thank you very, very much for this episode. Um, and we will uh, endeavor to do our best for you with this one. It's uh, very, very well researched. Um, and it's uh, just giving you a little bit of an idea of where we're going once we've done the haunted counties of England. We are going to be looking at the United States for some haunted areas there so we'll give a bit of a background on cape fear now cape fear was first settled in 1664 and permanently settled in 1726 it is a coastal and tidal water area in north carolina and the name comes from an exhibition by sir richard grenville as he and his team were very fearful that they would be shipwrecked after becoming embayed beyond the cape uh, on their way home to roanoke three counties form the cape fear region including burnswick new hanover and pender counties Two additional counties, Bladen and Columbus, are also sometimes included in the Cape Fear region, um, as well as Dolpin, Onslow and Sampson, although these are less regularly included. Within the region, there are many popular cities, towns and bordering islands which are rich in history and known for paranormal events. The city of Wilmington itself is known to be one of the most haunted cities in the south. Wilmington, North Carolina. We are going to talk about New Hanover County uh, and the Cape Fear ghost on 4th Street. So ghosts of decades past collide with living where the 4th Street meets market. The area has a sorted and interesting history. According to local legend, it was where it was here where bodies of yellow fever victims were held until they could be carried out of the town in the 1700s. Also, it is the location of St. James Episcopal Church Graveyard. Now, that's a mouthful in itself. The current church was built in 1834, but the original building created long, uh, along with the graveyard dates back to 1750. And this cemetery is believed to be one of the most haunted in the entire state. It is easy for any visitor to see time and pollution have worn away most of the markings on the stones. And this fact alone has helped to keep alive the legend of a man said to be buried alive there. 
The absence of funeral homes and modern embalming practices, the quicker relatives could get a body into the ground, the better for obvious sanitation reasons. So things were a little bit different back then. While not wildly prevalent, live burials did happen. Consequently, people were buried with strings attached to their hands and feet, which were connected to a bell above. Uh, should the dead not actually be dead, uh, they could sound the alarm, which would alert people to uh, the fact that they'd just buried someone who, who actually wasn't dead. Uh, this was a common practice in the UK as well. Um, it's nice to know that uh, some of our traditions made it all the way over there. Um, men were actually employed to stand and watch for several days at graveyards um, and listen to, the, you know, if they could hear a bell. Uh, this is where we get the the common uh, term of graveyard shift. Um, as the story goes, there was a young man in the early 1800s named Samuel Jocelyn, who after a fight with his wife, never ends well, rode off angry on his horse one evening. Uh, the fight occurred at a hunting lodge at the Honey Island Swamp, eight miles north of Wilmington. It was the middle of the night in the dead of winter and he was later found by a search party. He was cold, frozen and laying in four inches of water and I guarantee his wife was still angry with him. He was quickly pronounced dead and just as quickly buried in the St. James graveyard. As you might imagine, the tale does not stop there. One night, just days after his burial, his friend Alexander was awoken by the sound of something in his bedroom, and the ghostly image of Samuel was standing there at the foot of his bed. It is said that at that point, Samuel then spoke to his friend, explaining to him that he was in fact still alive when they closed the coffin and buried him. The event also occurred to a second friend as well. These hauntings continued to occur night after night until the family decided it was the only way to know for sure was to dig up the coffin. The next night, Alexander and his friends headed to the graveyard and began to dig. He was found with torn up fingers, bone exposed and a look of horror on his face, lying in his own dried blood. They looked at the lid of the coffin to find that the lining had been completely torn out. He died, buried alive, terrified, and attempting to claw his way out. Local police said they could hear a boy screaming and responded and confirmed the findings. The conclusion was supported by findings of the coroner and is a matter of record. Locals say that sometimes around midnight you can still hear Samuel screaming from the inside of the gated cemetery. It has also been reported that a shadowy figure is often seen leaning on the tombstone near Jocelyn's grave. We're going to have a look now at the Front Street Brewery in Wilmington, North Carolina. The haunting of Front Street Brewery located in Wilmington, North Carolina is linked and documented to a death which occurred in 1895. Henry Wenzel, a German painter, was painting on the third floor and it was then a department store. 
He was painting around a skylight when he lost his balance and fell 40 feet, landed on the cash register and broke his neck. That's not a nice way to go. According to newspaper articles, this is what occurred at the time. Frightening reports have been reported by the bar staff there, including by the head brewer. One morning around 7am, he was busily working in his office located in the basement where a small window allows for him to view the subterranean brewing operation. He briefly noticed someone walking towards his office while looking out the window, but was very busy and preoccupied by his work and didn't take much notice. When interviewed by a local reporter, Casey Roman of WECT, the head brewer was quoted to say, Somebody came towards it, came through the door, walked past me and out the corner of my eye. I thought it was my general manager, so I said, Hey, what's up Chris? There was no answer. I thought he crept back there to scare me, so I went to try to get to him and there was nobody back there. I tried to be a man about it, but immediately ran upstairs. He went on to say that he remembers not a ghostly vision or a floating orb, but instead a very real, very solid presence. Whatever stepped into that office was dressed all in grey, much like a painting uniform. It really, really creeped me out, he confessed. Made the hair on the back of my head stand up for sure. The ghost of Henry has also been experienced by other employees of the brewery, although not so up close and personal. He is known to open the elevator door suddenly, move around objects, and be the cause of many brief sightings and unexplained noises inside the brewery. The next place we're looking at is Mako Station, uh, or Mako Light, uh, in North Carolina. For over a century, mysterious lights were seen bobbing up and down along the railroad tracks near Mako Station, a few miles west of Wilmington. When anyone approached the lights, they would disappear. The lights were observed many times over many years and even photographed on occasion. Legend has it that President Grover Cleveland saw the lights while on tour in 1889. The lights have been studied by the Smithsonian Museum. So that's quite impressive. That gives a little bit more credence to this story. Soldiers from Fort Bragg, as well as a research team commissioned by President Cleveland after his personal experience. The source of these lights, however, has never been determined. But according to legend, the light is a ghost of a railroad worker who died on the tracks in 1876. Now that was an extremely dangerous career. Anybody, um, anybody working on the railroad tracks in the in this time was, you know, it was just really dangerous. I mean, one of the most famous one would be someone like Casey Jones. Um, you know, it's just real, real dangerous time. Um, and on that fateful night in 1867, the story goes that a train was rolling along the tracks, and sig- signalman Joe Baldwin was sleeping in the caboose. For those of you who don't know, that's the the rear carriage of the train. He was awoken by a violent jerk. A veteran railroad worker, Joe Baldwin, recognised the motion and immediately knew that the caboose had come detached from the rest of the train. His one car was now stuck on the tracks. 
and that the main part of the train was rapidly moving away from him. He had no way of contacting the main train, and he also knew that his was not the only scheduled train on the tracks for that night. A passenger train was due along soon, and if the oncoming train stuck in the stalled caboose, there would be a horrible accident. He knew that he had to signal the oncoming train, um, and the only way he could do this was to stand on the platform at the back of his caboose with his lantern. Um, Baldwin knew that if the oncoming train hit the stalled caboose at full speed, everyone on board the passenger train could die. Um, He also knew that it takes a long time to stop a speeding train. Even if the engineer were up to speed, um, saw the light at a decent distance, hit the brakes, um, there's still a a pretty good chance that it would would end in complete disaster. There was still a, a pretty good chance that it would hit. Um, Baldwin made a heroic choice. He grabbed his lantern and Joe stood at the back of the caboose as the sound of an oncoming passenger train rumbled closer. Joe frantically waved his warning light trying to catch the attention of the engineer. The plan worked and the engineer on the oncoming train saw the lights and pulled on his brakes hard. However, the momentum of the ton of speeding steel kept the train moving forwards and the locomotive slammed into Joe's caboose. Joe's bravery saved many lives, but not his own. Joe Baldwin was decapitated in the crash and his head was thrown by force of the accident into the murky swamps that lurk the surrounding tracks. The head was never found and his headless body was buried with hero's honour a week later. For years after the accidents, the lights were seen moving up and down the tracks around Mako, sometimes only one light, sometimes two. At one point, the light was causing confusion to other trains coming down the track that a new red and green light system was installed to differentiate between the actual system and Joe's ghost light. Locals say that Joe is still looking for his missing head. The Mako light was seen for over a hundred years, but has not been seen since 1977. And this was the year the railroad tracks in Mako were pulled up. Haunted Cape Fear. We're talking about Teacher's Hole. Okay, Now, for those of you who are aware of my podcast, uh, This Week in History, you may go back to the episode of Blackbeard, where we covered Edward Teach, uh, which was Blackbeard's real name. Uh, Teach's Hole is a small channel of water on Ocracoke Island. It is known to be one of the favourite spots of famous pirate Edward Teach to anchor his ships. Teach is most famously known by his infamous nickname, Blackbeard. This is also the location where he met his demise and still continues to haunt to this day. Teach ruled the Atlantic, robbing ships from the West Indies to the Carolinas from 1716 to 1718, 
a horrific sight strapped with multiple pistols and other weapons in addition to the fuses that he wove into his beard blackbeard set them on fire before boarding any ship just to install a little bit of fear into any vessel that they were about to board however in 1718 his luck ran out and he was killed by the royal navy during a battle he was beheaded and his body was thrown overboard and it is said that his headless body swam around the ship three times before sinking his head was then hung from the bowsprit of the lieutenant maynard's ship and later the head was given to the governor of virginia at the time alexander spotswood blackbeard is said to still walk the beaches of north carolina and is often seen wandering around the cove looking for his head sightings are very rare but they vary from orbs of light to edward teach in full spectral form so these are some of the stories from wilmington north carolina um thank you very very much for that they're fantastic stories um and i love the the amount of detail you've put into your research um, very very easy to read so thank you very much uh, for that it's always uh, a lot better when uh, when we uh, can read it properly so yeah thank you very very much um i hope you all have enjoyed that it's only a little episode but i just wanted to get it out there because this option is is there for everyone you know if you guys uh, have a specific area that you grew up or um, which i'm assuming uh, hilton was was from from north carolina or at least lived in north carolina at some point um in her life so um to come up with these stories it's it's fantastic and this option is there for for anybody so if you do have local stories from your area that you want us to read out on the show uh, feel free to to send them across because we'll always read them out and if it means deviating a little bit from our scheduled entertainment of the counties of england then feel free because you know we always like to to cover as much as we can here um i believe hilton's even taking on the hard county and it is a very hard county of cornwall for us she's even going to give that one a bash uh we'd love that anyone who wants to come on and help us uh things like this absolutely fantastic so uh yeah thank you very very much for that and uh, we look forward to doing cornwall with you um in a couple of weeks so yeah thank you very much for that and i hope you have all enjoyed that episode guys and just remember we'll see you on the other side well they've gone no just for now it wasn't the right time for us to meet but there'll be other nights other stars for us to watch they'll be back